I would like to thank God Almighty for giving everybody so much and me so little. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like. It just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Pound me down, you piece of shit! Shut your mouth! Look at me, Tony. Look at me. I want you to fire me. You fucking mark! Fire me! Fire me! How you think they gonna feel when they introduce your boys as the new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champion? Oh no, who's they might be cheering? Yeah, they might be booing. Yeah, little kids might be crying. Oh yeah, we got grown men out there crying. Yeah, but they still might be hating on the Uso, hating on us. Why? Because we went out there and did what we said we was going to do. Yeet. Buffalo, all your babbling is interfering with my machine. So for the next few minutes, please just do me a favor and kindly... Shoot! I've been sleepwalking, 
Welcome to episode 345 of the Hoops Podcast on this Thursday, January 26, 2023. It is your Julian and nefarious brother, Adam, a.k.a. Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter if you like, at the Hoots Podcast. Welcome to the program, everybody. Um, I'm very grateful and appreciative to each and every single one of you who uh, take time out of your day to uh, hang out with us each and every single week. We drop a new episode of the Hoots Podcast every, every single Thursday, anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to uh, like this video uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com. Uh, put in at the Hoots Podcast, it'll direct you to our channel. And subscribe to the podcast uh, channel on our YouTube feed so you never miss an episode or any uh, bonus content that we put up on the Hoots Podcast YouTube channel. Um, a lot of stuff to get into this week as uh, we are a couple days out from the Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Texas. It's going to be a crazy night. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, Royal Rumble has always been one of my favorite shows to cover uh, every year out of the calendar year of all the events I do cover. And uh, it should be an interesting night on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. So we'll get to our uh, preview and predictions. No, as we get into that bad boy. But like, like I said, we got other stuff to discuss. Of course, we got Raw 30 that just happened the other night in Philly. We'll recap that in this week in WWE. And of course, we'll cap it up with another repug edition of AW Dynamite in this week's edition of What the Hell's Wrong with AW. Uh, all that being said, uh, don't forget, um, we got Brother Carter on the show today this week uh, via satellite. So you'll hear his thoughts uh, video audio clips, and of course, we'll wrap up this week's podcast with the thoughts of Derrico as we usually do. But I just want to come on here and say uh, thank you again for checking out the Hoots podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. And I uh, just want to say, uh, let's get this bad boy started with the back porch QA session. Now, as always, if you ever want to participate in the back porch QA session, all you have to do is send me questions at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. 
Let's get this bad boy on the road. Let's start it off with the good brother Chris Zaletta at XTZ24X on Twitter. He says, What up, Oost? Here's some questions for the QA this week. Have you gone back and watched any previous World Rumbles this week? Um, not particularly this week, Chris, but last week I did get a chance to rewatch uh, Royal Rumble 2001. Uh, I know WWE's been releasing a lot of like old Royal Rumble clips and matches and stuff like that on their YouTube channel, which I think is pretty cool. But I've just been more just like busy, and I I got other stuff preoccupying my time right now. Obviously, got to handle this whole furlough situation, but um, I have got a chance to check out uh, the Royal Rumble from 2001. Who knows? Maybe I might pop something up before the Rumble on Saturday uh, to reflect in retrospect. But I think as my years has gone by in covering the industry. I don't usually go back and watch a lot of old shows like I've been used to. So that would be my answer to that question. Uh, Next question here. He says, uh, where is Cameron Grimes? Uh, (laughs) uh, Brother, that's a good question. Your guess is good as mine. Um, Is Cameron Grimes NXT Anonymous? Is Cameron Grimes um, Uncle Howdy? I, I don't know. Is Cameron Grimes preparing to come into this new venture with Sanity? If that's the rumor I'm hearing right about Eric Young and Sanity coming back, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. I don't know if he's injured or not. Uh, again, I'm out of the loop when it comes to uh, dirt sheets and rumor mills, so I have no idea on that end. Uh, your thoughts on New Day's NXT title run? Um, it's been enjoyable so far, you know? <laughs> Uh, you got Booker T, you know, being uh, a play hater, channeling his inner Silky Johnson uh, every time the New Day shows up, and he's just being a player hater. But outside of that, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the matches. The the slew of matches they've had with Pretty Deadly have been phenomenal. Uh, I'm excited for this Fatal 4 match that they're going to have at Vengeance Day. I think that's going to be an awesome match. And, I think they've been doing some good work since they showed up in NXT. So I think that's pretty cool. Who is advancing to the Super Bowl this weekend? Um, I got the Chiefs and the Eagles, though I want the Bagels to beat the Chiefs again. But that's just my opinion. Uh, thoughts on Bound for Glory invading Chicago? Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, they announced the other day on Twitter that Impact is coming to Chicago three separate times this year for separate events. But the big granddaddy of them all, their their WrestleMania, Bound for Glory, will be taking place in Chicago at the Cicero Stadium um, in October of this year. And I think that's going to be pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope I get a chance to check out one of those shows. It's starting to look like I won't be able to go to WrestleMania this year, which sucks. But uh, I got to make the best of this situation. And who knows, man, I might get to check out Bound for Glory in October. We'll see where that goes. Um, who are your dark horses for both Rumble matches? Uh, I'm going to still say Seth Rollins for the dudes and then for the ladies. Um, it, it's up in the air. Who knows? Maybe Bailey wins and she fights Charlotte at WrestleMania. You know, I could throw that out there possibly. But I really do think it's going to be Rhea Ripley's um, run. And I'll explain why when we get to that later on. But. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins and um, Rhea Ripley. I, I'm the worst when it comes to guessing of, like, surprises and stuff, so I'm sorry I can't really add on to that conversation. But don't, don't, uh, we talk about wild card picks. So those would be the ones I would go for. Who do we see more likely in a rumble, Pat McAfee or Logan Paul? I'm going to go with Logan Paul. I don't know what's going on with Pat in WWE, but as a guy who's a frequent watcher of the Pat McAfee show, I every time WWE comes up, he comes off as if he's not like paying attention to what they do or passive aggressively talking about it. And he does like a little, a lot of hemming and hawing um, with addressing what the situation is there. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on with him in WWE. I thought the whole deal was that he was going to come back after the college football season's over, but now it was announced he's going to be announcing the Pro Bowl, and he's still doing his stuff with the football, and he's going to be at Radio Row for Super Bowl. So I, I, I really don't know what's going on. Is Pat just decided that he just rather shift his focus on football and not do wrestling anymore. I mean, more power to him, but I think it's probably more likely we're going to see Logan Paul in the Rumble match. Uh, next question. Do you think we see Wade Barrett make a surprise entry? I I, I would not have a problem with that. I think that'd be pretty cool. But here's the thing. Do you want uh, the Nexus Wade Barrett come out? Because I think that'd be really dope. Or or is he here in the intro? I'm afraid I got some bad news. So, um, you got a lot of different options there. I, it could go in a million different directions. But for me, uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem either way of what version Wade Barrett shows up in the Rumble. But I want to thank uh, Chris for the questions this week. As always, I appreciate that. Um, let's go to our next set of questions here. From the good brother Mike at uh, Main Event Swerve. Make sure you follow him there. He's a good dude. Um, let's just scroll up here just one second. Um, got it. What up, Boost? I have some questions for the back porch this week. After a close call with a strong tornado the other day, no better time than now to escape with this show and Royal Rumble weekend. Well, brother, I hope things are going well for you down there in uh, Houston and hope uh, safety and all that. And I appreciate that you could come in here. Uh, use this show as your mental escape. It really means a lot to me and brother Carter. Um, first question here, yes. Um, we had the first tornado emergency in Houston history with an EF3 tornado peaking with peaking with 140 mile per hour winds hitting less than two miles from where I work. So what is the worst natural disaster you have ever been through in your life? Oh, man. <laughs> it's a bad, does a bad flood count? I don't know, like, I, I've been living in Chicago my entire life. I never really got to the point where we were in the middle of um, dangerous, like, rainstorm or hurricane. We don't really get those. Or tornadoes here in Chicago. I mean, we've had some, like, really, really bad snowstorms in the city. I know the whole polar vortex thing where it got really super cold and stuff like that. But nothing... Um, to the extreme where I felt like my life was at danger. I, that's the best way I, I could uh, describe it. We've had like some really bad floods and stuff like that, but uh, nothing extreme where I felt like my life was on the line. Um, were you without power for 10 hours Tuesday? It may not crack my top five longest. <laughs> What's the longest you have gone 
without power and why? Um, yeah, that a <laughs> uh, couple of times. I I can't I, not situation I can revol- recall vividly, but uh, yeah, that's happened a few times. I, I don't have a, a exact estimate as far as how long that uh, situation is going on, but they are definitely frustrating to say the least, especially for someone like me whose life and work has to do with having electricity and power and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, question number three. With the power out, the garage door was no go, and I couldn't find my door key after using tables, ladders, and a chair. Why? I climbed through a bathroom window. Have you ever had to break and or enter your own home? I have not. I've heard people that have had to break into their own homes and stuff like that. Now, <laughs> this is where I uh, poke fun at myself. I've had my fair shoe. I had my fair shoe. Fair my fair few occasions where my uh, dyslexia, my freakiness, my joshiness, whatever you want to call it, where uh, I ran into a couple of scenarios where I've locked myself out of my house without having my keys with me. And <laughs> uh, I call this Joshi being a, a dodo bird or a nincompoop, you know, <laughs> just spare occasions where I lock myself out of the house, whether it's with keys or we had a backsliding door in my old house that I was living in. Sometimes I would try to come in through the back and it would be locked too. Um, just really boneheaded decisions and just have to remind yourself to have your keys with you all the time. So I've had a couple of those uh, uh, occasions. Um, what were Rumble surprise would you like to see more than any other for the men's and women's matches? Well, here's my thing with the Rumble matches, and I, I really don't think we're going to break down in detail the Rumble matches when we get to our predictions. I mean, I, my, my thing is, and the only thing I want from the Rumble match is that, you know, if we get a couple old school surprises, great. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Plus, also with me, the Rumble, like, I don't feel like the Rumble is uh, life or death based on who the surprises are, you know? My interest is on who winning the match, not who the surprises is. But that's just me. Um, when I when I look at the surprises, firstly for me, I would love to see something like, like what they did with Mickey James last year where she was the knockout champion and she got to come in and be a participant in a Rumble match. I like if you could have Jay White come in and participate in the men's rubble match, I think that'd be awesome. Like, like I was telling Chris earlier, I'm not the best with coming up with scenarios and who's available or who's not available to be surprises because I think for me personally, that just takes the fun out of it. You know, I know it's a fun conversational thing for wrestling fans and stuff like that, but I, I think sometimes, especially for a person in my position, I don't want to get myself into treacherous waters where I talk, I start talking myself into things and fancy booking this and fancy booking that, and then it gets to the point where my expectations are too high, and then you know I'm taking the enjoyment out of myself over something that I that was never advertised or whatever. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Um, that, that that's the only thing I can say. Like. If we can have some cool surprises for people that are not associated with WWE, I think that'd be cool. But besides that, I just want to see some good matches and, you know, maybe we get to see some people from NXT as well. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, question number five. 
Did Seltzer and Alvarez really talk about Alexa Bliss makeup for two minutes this week? Is that what they took away from that segment? Uh, yeah, brother, I think you answered your own question there. Um, we got two fucking sh- schmucks who are the highest paid people in this field for over 20, 30 years. And I, I think it's funny that Brian Alvarez wants Ric Flair to apologize to Kenose to catch it for his uh, powder puff girl chops. But he's going to go on a review show on Raw and go on a soliloquy about how Alexa Bliss's makeup looks. And by the way, it's not just makeup. Brian Alvarez has had it out for Alexa Bliss for many, many years. Brian Alvarez doesn't know where to separate critiquing a performer and then outright insulting the person. He he has no self-awareness. He's never had any self-awareness. He's a fucking schmuck. And so is Seltzer, too. They're both indirect cunts. That's what they are. But congratulations, wrestling fans. You put these two on a pedestal. And, yeah. <laughs> I, I could do a whole podcast on how Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez have fucked up the wrestling industry for the worse. Uh, Matt, uh, question number six. Are you surprised to hear AJ Styles says he was worried people wouldn't know who he was when he debuted at the Royal Rumble? Yeah. It's human nature. I, I, I just think that a lot of wrestling fans think that the performers in the industry think the same way that we do, or people who do shows like this. I, I really don't think people, when they're driving to a venue or getting in their rent car or going back to their hotel after a show, is, are wondering about booking and match placement and match order and yada 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 I, I <laughs> that's just my take from the outside looking in and it, it, this is my deal I've never been in the wrestling industry so I can't tell you what is what isn't uh, it's just my feeling from just observing things that I, I think these people have a life outside of what they do in their work yeah are there people that are passionate about what they do and stuff like that of course but it's like Oh, why wouldn't AJB Styles be nervous? He's been in wrestling for 20 years. It's a human thing. The guy's never been in WWE. When he first started, he thought he was going to have this big opportunity in WCW, and then they went out of business. And then for over 15 years, he had to go again and grind and, you know, hustle for almost 20 years to get to the point where he's in WWE. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was nervous or worried. So, do you like having half the field or even less revealed before the rubble happens? Um, I don't have a preference either way. I just like to assess it as it happens. I really the uh, stuff beforehand and what should and what shouldn't, what should and what shouldn't stuff. That stuff doesn't matter to me. Um, other than Mello or Broadbreaker, what NXT star could break out in a period of Rumble matches? I say Grayson Waller and JC or Gigi. Um, who knows? Maybe Cameron Grimes shows up in the Rumble uh, to answer um, uh, Chris's question earlier. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I, I think that maybe Zoe Stark or Alba Fire have some good performances in the Rumble or Core Jade. Does anyone have more than five eliminations this weekend? Yes, I think either Rhea Ripley or 
Brock Lesnar and uh, Bobby Lashley will probably have the most eliminations. So that'd be my pick there. What would you think if Naomi is really number thirty in the Women's Royal Rumble? I uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, Naomi and Charlotte had a very good match uh, for SmackDown Women's Title, I believe, a couple years ago. Um, I think you have a good program with them, and I'll see uh, what the problem would be with that. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Question number eleven: What did you think of Raw thirty? I couldn't stop watching. Also, should Nikki Bella back off? On her criticisms, what did she want? A retrospective on the Divas title? The ratings were through the roof. Um, I'm going to talk about more about Raw 30 and this week in WWE, but um, as far as the Nikki Bella stuff, and I've been seeing that in the stuff with the Bell Twins this week, um, I, I respect their passion and you know them having no filter and feel like they need to speak when they need to speak, but um, I just thought in the matter of how they were going with that first Instagram live video and, you know, they're like being salty and like, Oh, you can't bring up Mercedes. She's so over. <laughs> I put this on a Twitter uh, earlier this morning before I started recording the show that I was going to make a parallel from uh, a fan base in wrestling compared to the Dallas Cowboy fans. I don't know what's more delusional Cowboy fans or Mercedes Monet fans. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Sasha Banks. Um, honestly, I don't know who's more delusional. Like, Sam, anybody that's listening or watching this, tell me who's more delusional or out of touch with society and reality. Mercedes Monet is not over as you people make her out to be. And the Dallas Cowboys are not America's team. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I I thought their comments was this came out with a uh one year out of the other for me personally. It's like it was a shoulder shrug, like, okay, that's how you feel. But let's not act like oh uh nothing happened with the women on Raw thirty. And here's the deal. I rather have them do the angle that they did with Dams Control and Becky, and I'll talk about this now here. I'd rather have them do that angle that they did and not have the cage match at all than have a 20-minute cage match with people who are sitting in their hands knowing damn well damage control are still going to find a way to get themselves in the match and people still are going to find a way to complain and bitch about it. So they can't win. <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation. So, I, you know, uh, oh, the women weren't showcased enough. Well, we'll see how people feel on Twitter when we have an hour-long women's rumble match. Or you could go back to WrestleMania 37 and be there in person with me like I was with Andrew Maydala and Blake Mitchamore while everybody was sitting on their fucking hands during the Sasha Banks-Bianca Belair match and only cheering when Bianca Belair was doing stuff. But yeah, tell me how over Mercedes Monet is. By the way, to all Sasha Banks fans that are watching and listening to this, they're airing the IWGP Women's Championship match for Wrestle Kingdom uh, later tonight on Access TV. Show show me how over Mercedes is, because they're going to show her showing up to New Japan. And watch what the ratings are for that particular episode, and then you tell me how over she is. 
Let's go to the next question. Have you seen any of the 90s show on Netflix? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for asking me this. Uh, yes, I've watched the entire season. Uh, it's, it was a lot of fun, a lot of nostalgia, uh, a lot of good reminiscing. Um, again, Red Foreman is one of my favorite uh, TV characters of all time. You know, <laughs> it's just everything about him, you know, his fascination with calling people dumbasses and shoving foots up asses and I, I've always loved that 70s show, even growing up as a kid. That was during my time period when that show started. So um, I have a big affinity for that 70s show, and I think what I've seen so far from that 90s show has been very nice. You know, the show is based in 1995. I was born in 94. So uh, it's just cool to uh, check it out the show. And also I've started watching a show that was popular on Fox for a while called New Girl. I'm a big fan of Zoe uh, Deschanel talking about underrated waterfall. Uh, I've I've heard a lot of people say that New Girl is a good show, and I wanted to check it out. I, I think it's been off air for a couple of years now, but I never watched it as it was going on. It's like it's kind of like a How I Met Your Mother thing. Like I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother while it's happening. Um, same thing here with New Girl, and hopefully that sh- uh, series <laughs> it, uh, show will be uh, an enjoyable experience. Um, Already talked about the Super Bowl. Uh, question number 14. Uh, do you see WWE having a rematch at the Rumble or maybe even Raw between Becky and Bailey in the cage? Um, you know what? They'll figure a way to eliminate each other out and we'll have the match on Raw be the main event the next night. We'll do that. <laughs> uh, question number 15. What John Cena moment do you want to showcase most in WWE 2K23. Um, I, I just really like to see how he goes about the, um, like, you know, getting to the point where he becomes the guy and then he has those two WrestleMania matches with uh, Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels in back-to-back years. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, obviously, I don't think they'll be able to do the or touch on the Punk stuff, unfortunately, since Punk is not part of the company. Though I think Punk should be part of this uh, showcase moment because he has played a big part in what John Cena is. Um, but I just think that really, like, initial stage of him being the top guy in the company, I want to see if they show some clips of him uh, talk about what was his experience and what was going through his head as that whole thing was going down. So that would be my guess for that. Last question here. Interesting one here from Mike. He says, what am I missing? Could Kevin Owens have signed Sami Zayn's name on the contract for the championship match against Roman? If not, what do you think Sami's last test will be for the bloodline? Uh, it's going to come down to two things. Either he is to make sure that Kevin Owens does not win the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble, or... Uh, he helps Jay win the Royal Rumble match. I, that that's the best guess I can come with. Um, I, 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 I am curious to see how that's gonna play out. I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. This may be an unpopular opinion, but I do not want to see Sami Zayn win the Royal Rumble. Uh, I would much rather watch Roman Reigns fight Sami Zayn in Montreal at the Elimination Chamber than watch him against Sami Zayn uh, at WrestleMania. I'm sorry if that bothers you, but that's just my opinion. 
On that note, I want to thank uh, Chris and Mike this week for sending some awesome questions for the Back Porch Q&A session. As always, if you want to participate in the Back Porch Q&A session, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter, at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened on Raw 30 and get our predictions. No, for the rubble of all royalty. Coming up next, right here on the Hoots Podcast. Uh, yes, sir. I give you opportunity after opportunity. I let you in my family, and this is what you do. This is the respect you show me. And no, Solo! Chief, OG, no disrespect. All right, I put together my own footage last night. Roll the tape. As your tribal chief and the head of the table, I find you, Sami Zayn, not guilty. For now. I want you to look at Jay and I want you to thank him because he bought you more time. And in the meantime, this is how it's gonna go. Finish out tonight. Make the bloodline proud. And then I don't wanna see you again until Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Do you understand me? I don't want to see you, I don't want to hear from you, I don't want to hear that you're at a show, nothing. Go home, and then I will see you at the Royal Rumble, and that is where you're going to deliver your final test. And then we're going to see if Sami Zayn really is the bloodline or not. What a turn of events to kick off Monday Night Raw. If, in fact, Sami Zayn is not, as Jey Uso so eloquently put, bulletproof, the honorary Us definitely dodged a bullet tonight. Sami with a stay of execution. Who had Jey Uso coming to the defense of Sami Zayn tonight? But what is the final test? Welcome back, everybody, to the Hoots Podcast. You just heard a little snippet of a... Tremendous opening to Raw 30 this past Monday night in Philadelphia. What a special uh, show that was. Uh, I It was really cool just to sit back and um, just watch the show for what it was this past Monday. I did not do the transcript live as it was happening. You know, I handled my business doing my usual Monday routine, you know, covering uh, AW Dark Elevation. Doing some other stuff to set up the week work wise, you know. 
you know how that that whole drill starts <laughs> to start you off your week, everything right. And I I was really looking forward to this, and you know this was a, a really special occasion. And you know Raw is thirty. I started watching this show when I was four years old. I started watching wrestling when I was four, nineteen ninety eight, and here I am. <laughs> Not this year, but next year turning 30 is just uh, pretty pretty crazy, right? And um, uh, so I, I just wanted to sit back and really just enjoy the show for what it was. Yeah, I know Hogan had the whole mic not working thing. I get it. People want to laugh at the guy or whatever. That, that's what, that was what it was. But to start off the show with the tribal court uh, for Sami Zayn was just top-notch uh, storytelling uh, from the beginning of the segment to the end. You know, it is, I can't say enough good things about Paul Heyman. I, y- y- you can spend days, weeks, hours, months, years, what, uh, podcasts, what, documentaries, what, radio shows, what, sit-down interviews, what, you can do a, a a plethora of gazillion things to put over Paul Heyman and just talk about and expatulate like how great this guy is and what he does and what he's done for the wrestling industry. I, 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 <laughs> I he, he's probably the greatest non-wrestling performer of all time when it comes to having the control of an audience at the palm of your hands. I, I don't I don't think there's anyone, maybe Bobby Heenan, but he was a former wrestler as well. But here's the thing, like a non-wrestler to have such a control on the pulse of the audience. I don't think there's ever been anyone better at it than Paul Heyman. And to how he goes about transitioning one thing to another. And this is <laughs> his chance to play, uh, pay homage to his father, uh, you know, his father was a popular lawyer in um, New York uh, when he was growing up as a kid. And so he got to play the role of a, a prosecutor. And um, it was just interesting. You know, you know, last week we had the whole thing with Roman and Sami Zayn. Roman showing that he has, like, uh, paranoia and he has a lot of mood swings and stuff like that. We That's already been established since this whole tribal chief thing had started. But... You know, when it comes to Paul Heyman, his whole just series, like, I don't trust Sammy, he's a Judas, he's a rat bastard, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he's trying to make the case that Sammy is using uh, the bloodline to benefit Kevin Owens. And that's the question. Is Paul lying? Not to steal a phrase from Bobby Fish. You know, and I, you know where I'm getting with that. <laughs> but my stance here is just, how Paul went from that, and you know, he's buried the Eagles, which I thought was tremendous. He brings up that the Eagles are going to be conquered by Brock Purdy. Uh, that was just gold. Uh, I, I I was crying laughing during that. I thought that was tremendous. Uh, my tribal chief, ECW's dead. I wish <laughs> I wish the same thing for Sami Zayn. Um, he presents his evidence. Sammy Zane has got to the point where I think a lot of us in our life when we have to deal with certain people who only want to hear what they want to hear, they have selective hearing, they have selective 
um, behavior in how they view things about situations, especially fam- family members too, where they only want to listen to what they want to hear and not acknowledge what's in front of them or understand what that other person is. Like, here's the thing. I, I get where family members like to give people like advice and stuff like that. And then there's the other thing where you're trying to mold another family member into being something that they're not. And I think the misconception that a lot of family members have, I don't mean to get to the soapbox here, but it's the truth. We are not all wired the same. We might share blood. We might share, we share the last name on a legal document, but as human beings in our nature, we're not all the same. We all, we're all here thanks to the grace of God. And we all live different journeys. We all have different stories for as long as we're here, right? And we all get to the point where, like, you know, you get into arguments about a certain situation, right? And you're, like, you're being constantly being nagged and you're constantly being questioned your motives and your attentions and how you are compared to what you actually do and how you actually feel. And then you get to the point where you're like, fuck it. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing else left to defend. Every week I come to this show, try to prove to you how uh, loyal I am to this family, to this bloodline, to the lineage. And I, I've taken Claymore kicks for you. I've taken steel chair shots for you. I turned my back on my real best friend for you. I beat him up in the war games for you. I've done this. I've done that. And you still don't trust me. <laughs> All because, you, so, just because of some <laughs> paranoia here and there. And it goes back and forth. You can see where Roman Reigns is coming from when he lashes out at Sami Zayn. And you can understand where Sami Zayn is coming from and how he carried himself during this segment. You know, everything is cool. And then coming up on Monday, oh, we're on trial for court because... Roman told me to get the jet ready and get everything lined up while they do the contract signing. Roman gets put through a table by Kevin Owens, and Sammy wasn't in time to make the save, but Roman is pissed now, and he's, he's not, he's not going to be convinced otherwise. So Roman's like, how big of an ego do you got that you're not going to defend yourself? You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You, you, you think you're above this. I let you in my family. And he's like, forget it. <laughs> He's like, he calls for Solo to give him the soul, uh, the Simone Spike. Jay comes in, big pop from the audience. Um, Jay said that he had his own <laughs> uh, evidence uh, to the contrary to Paul Heyman's point and his stance in the argument. Um, Jay says that he's the one that despised Sammy more than anybody, but he, but Sammy kept believing in him, and that's how family is. And that he loves him like a brother Oost and all that stuff. It was just phenomenal. Like, watch that entire thing. I hope they upload that full segment one day on their YouTube channel. If you haven't got a chance to watch Raw, and I, I think it was really cool for USA to give Raw the first hour commercial free. I thought that was fantastic. Obviously, the ratings this week showed that. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> Now you get the Austin storytelling in the ring. You get the tease for the pay-per-view on Saturday with Roman saying that 
Sammy's not guilty for now. We'll see what their, whatever this final test is going to be at the Royal Rumble. And then you go to um, the match where it's supposed to be the Usos and the Judgment Day. Jimmy, I don't know whether he's actually hurt or not, so I'm just going to say um, for now he gets hurt and Sami Zayn has to come in and replace him, Freebird style. And they have a barn burner with Judgment Day. That, that was a fantastic match. So, uh, again, to anybody that believes that the bloodline is not the best thing in professional wrestling right now, I just think you're lying to yourself. Uh, this was phenomenal. I can't put this segment over enough. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing less justice by not saying that. It's just phenomenal. And uh, you guys should go check it out if you haven't had a chance to watch it. Uh, from there, we had other stuff on the show. Uh, love seeing the American Badass. That was great. Of course, Undertaker being my favorite uh, wrestling character of all time. Great to see him come back. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, him kind of passing the torch to Bray Wyatt. Um, I want to give props to LA Knight. I, I think I mentioned this last week, but, you know, these little insert ad promos he does who've been uh, pr- uh, promoting this pitch black match. And it, it's a sponsored deal, basically. And it may be a small things for wrestling fans, but... I think when you, when you look at how people in the industry view performers who actually do things that maybe they wouldn't want to do in the first place, I think that's going to benefit LA Knight down the road. Uh, him getting to interact with The Undertaker on Monday did not bury him. One of the things I really enjoyed about Raw 30 on Monday was the fact that, yeah, we had nostalgia, but it was embracing and putting a spotlight on the current talent, even to the end of the show where Brock Lesnar cost Bobby Lashley, which you could say is an older veteran talent, letting a young guy, Austin Theory, beat him. Yeah, Lesnar gave Austin Theory an F5, but <laughs> Lesnar put Theory on top of Lashley to cost him the match. So, and then you got DX in their Austin segment with the Perium. Uh, and, you know, DX making Gunther look strong and, um, you know, Ric Flair putting over Charlotte and other aspects throughout the show. I just thought it was a fun night. And, you know, you get all the legends. You got Teddy Long. <laughs> I mean, if you can't enjoy Teddy Long, you probably can't enjoy professional wrestling. You're just probably, like, morose and just miserable 24-7. And I, I just think a lot more people, especially on Twitter, just looking for reasons to bitch about the show. Okay, we get it that Becky and uh, Becky and Bailey, <clears throat> the cage match, was advertised, but it's pro wrestling. The card is subject to change. I, I the fact that they did this angle here where they attack Be- uh, Becky and she can't compete, it adds more heat to the match. You want to see the match now. And it's better they went with this route instead of having a 15, 20-minute steel cage match that nobody gives a shit about for half the match where people are just sitting on their hands. So, overall, I, I, I really thought Raw 30 did a lot of things for a lot of younger talent. I thought it did a great job of um, promoting the Royal Rumble. Loved the Cody Rhodes uh, video package. I thought that was great. Uh, just overall, you know, can I have done without Bianca and Sonya Deville being a two-segment match? Sure, but even then, you got good wrestling matches. You had 
I mentioned the tag title match, but also we had uh, the Street Profits and uh, Seth Rollins against Imperium, the six-man tag. That was fantastic, too. So, overall, I really, really enjoyed Raw 30. I thought it was a fantastic show. Really quick, I just want to skim over the match lineup for um, NXT uh, Vengeance Day coming up uh, a week from Saturday. Um, Not this Saturday. Uh, I think it's the 5th, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we got Vengeance Day coming up on February 5th. It's going to be a Saturday, the night before Super... No, uh, the Super Bowl is the week after, so we're good. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Uh, Just give me one second while I pull this up here. Okay. By the way, Stevie Turner is pretty hot, right? (laughs) All right, here's the match lineup as it is right now for Vengeance Day. We got Carmelo Hayes against Apollo Crews in a two out of three falls match. We got the New Day against Gallus, against Pretty Deadly, against a team to be determined in a fatal four-way match for the tag team titles. We got Katana Chance and Caden Carter taking on Fallon Henley and Kiana James for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Wesley will put his NXT North American Championship on the line against Dijak. Then we got the Triple threat match for the women's championship where we have Roxanne Perez taking out Toxic Attractions, uh, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. Uh, this show is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, by the way. This will not be at the Performance Center. So this is the first standalone um, NXT uh, premium live event um, since the uh, standard deliver show uh, before WrestleMania last year. Uh, and then we had um, Braun Breaker. In the main event in a steel cage match against Grayson Waller. So, uh, Vengeance Day coming up uh, next Saturday. That's going to be a fun show to uh, check out. Go check that out. All right. Let's get to our predictions for the Rumble. So, uh, really quick. I'll start off with the Rumble matches itself. Um, I have Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble. I don't care what number he comes in. I just think. It'll come down, and Cody Rhodes will find a way to win the Rumble match for the men. I have Rhea Ripley winning the Women's Royal Rumble match. That's been my pick for a while now. I'm not running away from that. I think it's the best obvious pick and the best choice to go with. I'm going to go with uh, Rhea Ripley. I think Bray Wyatt will for sure win the the pitch black match. Um, I wonder... If the pitch black match is basically it's like a no it's a no DQ match, but you have to win via knockout. So basically your opponent is pitch turned pitch black. Like their vision just turned pitch black because like um that's how it goes. Or is it a buried alive match? I have no idea. <laughs> but I I or a casket match. I I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I trust Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. I think they're going to make the best out of the situation, and I think that Bray Wyatt will win. But I think it could be a scenario where it's just a hardcore match that you have to win via knockout. So somebody has to have their lights turn out pitch black, you know. <laughs> and then um, I have Bianca retaining against Alexa Bliss. I have her uh, retaining her Raw Women's Championship for sure. And then finally, oh, man. (laughs) 
I am going. Man, something's gonna happen here. Um, I I'm gonna do it. I, I depending on what happens tomorrow night. If, if it's something where Kevin Owens lays out the bloodline on SmackDown, then obviously Roman's gonna retain. But if something happens where Kevin Owens is beat down, I believe Kevin Owens will win the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. You heard it here first. I think Kevin Owens will defeat. Roman Reigns thanks to help from Sami Zayn. I think Kevin Owens will win uh, the WWE Universal Championship. They'll find a way to split the titles. Um, again, um, there's got to be some big swerve here. We're going to really figure out, like Roman, Roman Reigns said on Monday, we're really going to find out what side of the fence Sami Zayn really is on. So I'm, I'm excited for it. <laughs> we have a lot of options. And I think the best thing about the Rumble this year is that for both the men and the women and this major world title match. We really don't know what's really going to happen. And we have a lot of different scenarios that we could go with. And I think that's fun when you don't have all the answers to everything that's going into a pay-per-view. And you can enjoy it as it happens. So I'm I'm excited for it. So uh, yeah, Royal Rumble coming up this Saturday on Peacock. Make sure to go check it out. All right, folks. I don't know. We're going to get ready for our main event segment. And with that being said, it's time for the main event. It's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. And we're going to start this bad boy off with a brand new edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Let's start this off with the one and only director of operations, Brother Carter, in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time as now. My time is right. God damn now. Man, what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the Hell is Wrong with AEW? This is going to be a different edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW this week because I'm actually going to talk about the stuff that I didn't enjoy first. And then get into the stuff that I did like because, you know, there's been a lot of... It's been a difficult week for wrestling fans, particularly AEW and ROH wrestling fans. And AEW did something really great at the end of this show. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But let's start with the stuff that I didn't like because, oh boy, did I not like a lot of stuff on this show. Okay. Okay. So we start with Action Andretti and Ricky Starks versus La Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. The hell was the Jericho Appreciation Society doing with their pants? Ripping them off and trying to be like, hey, look at us. Ah. Oh, I they are so bad. They might be the worst faction in the last 10 years. They're worse than the core, for God's sakes. Now they are the they're probably the worst faction in professional wrestling uh, in the last 10 years, without a shadow of a doubt. 
They're pushing and action and ready to the moon, and I don't get it. Sammy Guevara has also, he's dropped so far. I used to be so high on Sammy Guevara. He's now just an absolute joke. Anything that Chris Jericho does and touches turns to absolute dog trash. The match itself was fine, but Action Andretti is just going to end up being a generic spot guy and is going to be boring and forgettable. You could interchange him with the Young Bucks, with Omega, with um, Top Flight, with any of these other guys that all they do is just spots. He's just a generic spot guy. He doesn't do anything anything to stand out. I will say the spot with uh, him with Guevara hitting the cutter on Ricky Starks was pretty cool. And I'll always pop for the come on baby pin. I always thought that was hilarious growing up. But other than that, this was boring. Uh, this was, uh, I don't care. AEW has no idea how to do transitions in their program at all. Getting out of the Jay Briscoe segment was rough. Like they had this beautiful package, a video package to Jay Briscoe. And then they had absolutely no idea how to get out of it. With the graphic at the TNT Championship match, with the commentary team, their production value of their show is just, just awful. And they've got to figure that out. Well, it would appear that Darby Allen has gone back to becoming a stunt show wannabe, taking unnecessary bumps uh, in his match with Buddy Matthews. And Buddy Matthews, for some reason, gets a random TNT title match. Fine. There was He put face paint on, like the Darby Allen face paint on, which I didn't understand. There's just no reason for that. Like, they're not in a feud or anything like that. I didn't get that. We got a random brawl outside of the ring, um, because why not? I fast After we got the, the brawl outside of the ring, I fast-forwarded to the end of this match. I don't care. How the hell is Samoa Joe the king of television when he hasn't been on TV for three weeks? <sighs> I don't understand this company. I really don't. <clears throat> Ethan Page, Stokely Hackaway, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy are just complete jokes. This whole, um, the the firm or whatever, this, st- this, this faction sucks. Stokely Hathaway is annoying me every single week. Matt Hardy's a joke. Isaiah, it, it was, uh, there's nothing about this for me to be invested in. I don't like any of them. They're awful. The family therapy session was lame. That should have been done as a live segment. Uh, the acclaimed Billy Gunn works much better live than they do in pre-taped um, stuff. The pre- it, it just didn't have the effect. Plus, we didn't get to hear an acclaimed rap, which sucks. Okay. 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 So, Brian Danielson is in a match with Brian Cage, um, which I actually, and we'll talk about this in a second, I actually thought this was a good match, uh, and I enjoyed this match. But So, at the end, you get a beatdown with Brian Cage, Prince Nana, and MJF. And then I ask myself, isn't Brian Danielson in the Blackpool Combat Club? Where were they to help him out? Where was Wheeler Yuta? Where was John Moxley? Where was Claudio Castagnoli? Speaking of Castagnoli, we haven't seen the ROH World Champion on television in what a month now. Isn't like, oh, isn't he a world champion of a company that's owned by Tony Khan? I don't get this. I, I, none of this booking make. I know we try not to talk about booking, but none of what they're doing booking wise makes any sense at all. So, so Takeshita is now happening. Is now helping. But where was the Blackpool Combat Club? The group, the 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 group that Danielson is a member of. That makes no sense to me. And then we have the women's match, of course, before the main event segment, because that's you know where it's going to be. Um, the crowd was dead for this. Um, Tony Storm is about as mid as you get. She's generic Jones. Um, there is nothing that Tony Storm brings to the table 
that is that is any relevance at all. And WWE is lucky that she walked away from her contract because she is boring. Okay, now let's get to the good stuff. Um, the video package for Jay Briscoe was great. Very, very well done. I really enjoyed that. That's still just, oh my God, it's just so sad. Um, I'll give Darby Allen props. It was cool for him to get to compete with the Great Muda in his final match. That's a pretty cool rub for Darby Allen. Um, Hook looks great. Uh, Jungle Boy is whatever. Uh, but Hook looks fantastic. I hope they're finally going to do something with him because he's actually one of the only main reasons I watch AEW. He, MJF, uh, the acclaimed Ricky Starks and Hook are the only reasons I care about this company at all or, or would watch this. Com- I don't care about this company, but they're the only reasons I would watch at this point. Like I said, good match with Brian Cage and uh, Brian Danielson. I enjoyed that. Um, MJF is just so much better than everybody else on that roster. I mean, his promos are great. His attacks are great. What what can we say about MJF? Everything he does is perfect and is incredible. And, okay, you know, we give AEW a hard time when they screw up, and rightfully so. They deserve every bit of shade we throw at them. But, boy, are we going to praise them when they do something right, and they did everything everything right with this main event uh this week mark briscoe and jay lethal who been roh mainstays for years were obviously mark being the tag team bro- uh, uh, tag team partner of jay um jay's brother and jay lethal great friends with jay briscoe uh they came out and i'm so glad that mark briscoe was able to compete on aew dynamite i know there was reports coming out that warner brothers and discovery weren't going to let him, allow him to perform They've apparently changed their mind on that. I hate that it cost the passing of Jay Briscoe to cause them to change their mind, but I'm sure that's another discussion for another time. But this was great. Um, that had to be so hard for those two guys to do, to go out there and, and have a match in honor of their fallen brother. And they came out. They had a great match. Mark Briscoe got the win. Um, at the end of the show, everybody was up on the ramp wearing the Jay Briscoe T-shirts applauding hugs to to Jay Lethal and stuff. This was classy in every way, shape, and form. This was great. Props to AEW for doing this the right way. I thought this was terrific. So great job to AEW this week uh, to close out their show, what I know had to be a really difficult thing for everybody to do. But I still ask, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been... What the hell is wrong with A-E-W? Thank you, Brother Kata, for the submission this week. Appreciate you, as always. All right. What the hell is wrong with AEW, a.k.a. what isn't wrong with AEW? Um, Brother Carter decided to go the opposite route where he starts off with the negative stuff and going off into the positive stuff. I'll do the flip side of that so we have some balance here. Um, I'll start off with the good stuff here and uh, let's keep it traditional style here in the Hoots Pockets. I, uh, th- this whole week has been kind of shitty for the wrestling business as a whole. I talked about it last week, uh, you know, losing Jay Briscoe at the age of 39. Um, you know, his family has gone through a lot. Um, it, I, I got to watch a little bit of the, um, 
Jay Briscoe uh, celebration of life uh, tribute that Ring of Honor put up on their uh, YouTube channel this morning, and I got to watch some of the testimonials, like from Samoa Joe, uh, Adam Cole, Eddie Kingston, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, etc. I didn't get to watch the matches, but I watched the, strictly the testimonials, and um, it, it's sad, man. I, 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 like I said last week, I've always enjoyed Jay Briscoe's work over the years, and it's just a, a shame, man. It's a real um, gut punch, especially with something like that. Uh, a freak accident, you know, takes uh, a life away like that. But uh, that reminds me about life, man. This stuff is it's not guaranteed. It's unpredictable in its in its nature, and um, it's a it's a real shame. But I, I do want to give props to Tony Khan and everybody at AW for how they um, handled this whole situation and uh, the fact that. Uh, they were able to honor Jay not only last week, but also the beautiful uh, video package they got to drop on Dynamite last night was really good. And everything they did with uh, Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal getting to main event the show. Uh, initially, I was worried that this was going to be stuck in the middle of the card. Um, initially, I thought it would be pretty cool to start off the show with this uh, tribute match, but uh, I think they probably made the better decision by going uh, with the main event here. And um, it was good. You know, everything that, all the bells and whistles that were attached to it, to having Bobby Cruz do the introductions, to having Ian Riccoboni and Caprice uh, Coleman being allowed to actually call the match uh, and not have to be interrupted by Excalibur every other 15 seconds. Um, they got a chance to call the match, and it was just uh, really, really special. You know, just feeding off the energy of the crowd. The match was really good, too. Um, to close off and mark in to celebrate with everybody uh, standing in the on the stage, it was a a beautiful tribute to Jay, and I just want to give a shout out to uh, Tony Khan and uh, everybody uh, at AEW for how they've handled this situation, and uh, we love you, Jay. I want to thank you, Mark. Uh, I'm sure that was not easy, uh, but you made your brother uh, made your brother proud. So I love seeing that. So that 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 was very special, and. Uh, I thought um, I thought Re Ian Riccoboni, um said something very poignant uh, in that uh, match where he was like, you know, if you haven't reached out to somebody and asked how they're doing, go ahead and do it. You don't know how people are doing at all times. And um, reach out to your brothers, reach out to your sisters, reach out to your family members, reach out uh, in men fences, heal you know, heal, push yourself to forgive yourself even for something that you're not at fault for, you know? Um, and that was very powerful what Re Ian Riccoboni said last night. So I just want to start off with that and start off with the good stuff there. Um, I I'm also in agreement with Brother Carter. I enjoyed uh, the majority of the Brian Danielson and uh, Brian Cage match. Heard that Brian Cage's contract is coming up soon. Um, <laughs> uh, would it be a blunder for the AEW to drop a ball with another big, talented guy, right? Um, also enjoyed the uh, MJF promo. I, I thought that was really good. In the backstage area, I thought that was very good. Um, so they're building up their match uh, coming up at Revolution, uh, the 60-minute Ironman match. Next week, Brian Danielson will have to fight Timothy Thatcher. 
that should be a very good match. Looking forward to that. And then uh, the other match that I enjoyed in the show was uh, Darby Allen and Buddy Matthews. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty uh, highly contested contest. And I, I, I thought at first it was going to be a spot monkey fest because Buddy Matthews is prone to doing that type of matches. But uh, it was nice to see them working on body parts on it. And I thought that was a pretty solid match for what it was. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the, what you want to really what you really want to hear. I don't know who has the bigger ego on God's green earth, Chris Jericho or fucking Ron DeSantis. These two are like two peas in a pod, like Donald Trump, Dana White, uh, Chris Jericho and Ron DeSantis. Like you could make a faction out of those four guys and they're all equally stupid, delusional, have no self-awareness and out of touch with the limelight and need to take a step back and uh, look themselves at the mirror. This stuff with the Jericho Appreciate Society gets worse as the weeks go by. And nobody's going to tell you about it, but I will. This whole feud with Ricky Starks had potential and it sucked ever since they got into that promo off a couple weeks ago on the stage where they went rambled on for 10 minutes and nobody gave a shit and letting it dread get involved in this feud. Look, I respect all independent wrestling talents. I appreciate what the platform they get from AW dark and all that. I understand that and appreciate that. But at the same time, it's a slap to my face as an audience member to make me believe that a guy that had a losing record on AW Dark is now invisible to pain to the point where he comes off like Jacob Cass for the WWE video games. Stop shoving this guy down my throat. You know, this guy's giving 20 minute matches on Dark each week and he's, you know, main eventing Rampage. Uh, sooner or later, he's probably going to main event Dynamite. Like, it, 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 I get it. He had the outset of uh, against Chris Jericho. But did the 1-2-3 kid main event the Royal Rumble the next month? Like, can we chill the role with this? Like, who is Chris Jericho feuding with? And at this point, do you really give a fuck? <laughs> so, th- this whole tag match to start off the show was just a big waste of time. Um... Speaking of waste of time and double standards, how about these following rematches that are announced for next week's edition of Dynamite? Not only we're having John Moxley in Heyman Page Three for absolutely no reason. Uh, am I supposed to believe? Am I supposed to believe that that match is fully going to happen in full length? I don't. And then how about this? Darby Allen against Samoa Joe in a no holds barred match. For the AWTNT Championship. As if we haven't seen that match three or four times already. It's okay for AW to do rematches, but not WWE. I I, I see how the playing field works here, right? Um, Again, uh, anybody who thinks that Wheeler, Utah deserves microphone time needs to be drug tested. Uh, As soon as possible, please reach out to your local uh, testers and uh, please... Do yourself a favor and get yourself tested because you're doing yourself and society a major disservice by giving this guy a microphone each and every single week. Um, This is also a big industry problem going on right now. 
I get the spirit of having competitive and pay-per-view quality matches on TV and making sure that you don't want to go through the motions in, with the shows that you share on TV each week. I get that. But it also gets to the point where a lot of these matches, it's not just AW, it happens to WWE too, especially in NXT. But it whether it's NXT, AW, Impact, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, not all these matches need to be 15 minutes and 20, 15, 20 minutes. And the match layouts are all over the place like a fucking labyrinth where you can't process the, what the flow of the match is because it's counter this, counter this, wrist lock reversal into arm drag, arm drag into a leap fraud drop down, side lock, headlock, takeover, head scissor escape uh, exchange. You know, it's like it, it's one thing after another of these counter wrestling wrestling matches they all look the same and there's no flow to it none of these matches stand out there's no reason why matches like ruby soho and tony storm should be 15 minutes long on a a cold match ruby Soho and tony storm on a dynamite nobody gave a fuck about it nobody cared (laughs) you know i put over the brian cage um brian danison match I thought that was fine. But you get my point, right? Like, there's so many times, whether it's on Rampage or Dynamite, where you have these matches that overstay their welcome just for the spirit of having long, competitive wrestling matches. Are you trying to draw in viewers or trying to get more fucking reviews and star ratings on Meltzer's dirt sheet? Is that the end game here? Uh, to Bert Carr's point, I thought it was a big mistake to not have the therapy session, the family therapy session in the ring. To have that as a pre-tape, I thought that was a mistake. Uh, did not enjoy that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I guess we should get into the extra bit, uh, impression, right? Let's do this. Coming to you live on Rampage on TNT this Friday night. We got... Hangman, Anna Page, taking on the Blackpool Comic Club's Wheeler, Utah. We have Powerhouse Hobbs in action. Also, we're going to have the main event for the AW Women's Eliminator Championship match. It's Jamie Hayter taking on Emi Sakura. Repeat, Jamie Hayter against Emery, Emi Sakura. <sighs> Are you fucking kidding me? Hangman Page against Wheeler Useless and Jamie Hayter against Emmy Sakura is what should entice me to spend my Friday night covering Rampage. What a waste of time. Seriously, a big waste of time. But we're going to continue on hemming and hawing here about how great AW is, and they do absolutely nothing wrong. But again, I pick the questions to uh, like-minded folks who actually have a life outside of the wrestling bubble. For me to you, what the hell is wrong with the AW? All right, guys. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me for this week's edition of the Hoots Podcast. As always, if you want to hang out with us and check out our podcast, we come to you free of charge every single Thursday, anywhere you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Why? Spotify, what? Google Play, what? Apple Podcasts, what? Check out our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to it right now at the Hoots Podcast on our YouTube feed so you never miss an episode. Please check out my work at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com.
Make sure to check out Bert Carter's work at DerekStoughton.com and WrestlingRumors.net. You can follow me on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. If you like, I'm on Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. Remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself at the man upstairs. I love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hope you guys get to sit back and enjoy the rumble for what it is. Don't try to over-fantasy book yourself into... um, Don't try to fantasy book yourself into scenarios that's going to make you not enjoy this show. Just... Just sit back and try and enjoy the show for what it is, all right? Have a wonderful weekend. Everybody will be here next week to recap the show. We're five episodes away from reaching episode 350 of the Hoots Podcast. So for everybody, I'm Joshi. This has been episode 345 of the Hoots Podcast. Now we're going to pass it off to Brother Carter for this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico. I'll talk to you all next week. Yes, sir. And now, the Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment that is never going to get thrown over the top rope. It is the Thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. Well, for this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico, uh, I'm simply just going to review Raw 30, which was a great show. And then give my predictions. No for the Royal Rumble event coming up this weekend. So let's get into it. Let's get into Raw 30. Uh, I thought this was it was a very fun show um, overall. Uh, we started off with Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart uh, doing a brief little thing. Fine. Uh, the Hogan's mic not working kind of made me go, okay, that's not a good start to the show. But they figured it out. It was fine. Um, but we got it going. Uh, the trial of Sami Zayn was absolutely incredible. This is one of the best segments I've seen in a long, long time. Paul Heyman in rare form, just giving it to Sami Zayn. Also <laughs> trashing the Philadelphia Eagles. I know Josh is going to pop for that uh, whenever the Philadelphia Eagles gets tr- uh, gets trashed because we all know how Josh feels about the city of Philadelphia and the Eagles. That was great in saying. Heyman saying that they were going to get uh, trounced by Brock Purdy was great. That was hilarious. That was great. Um, Sami Zayn was crying. Jey Uso was emotional. Everyone played their part brilliantly. This leads me to believe that some big swerve is coming at the Royal Rumble. Uh, whether it's Zayn accidentally eliminating one of the Us- one of the members of the bloodline if he like accidentally eliminates solo or one of the usos actually i could see sammy accidentally uh eliminating jay or something like that um but yeah there's going to be some swerve coming at the royal rumble so we'll see um, we'll get into that here in a little bit uh the apa protection stuff was great with the godfather in the poker tournament that was funny we got the American Badass Undertaker. That was really cool for him to come out on the motorcycle. That was great. Um, huge rub for LA Knight getting to work with Taker in that. That was cool. Yeah! Also, the interaction with Bray Wyatt and Undertaker was awesome. Um, I, I was trying to figure out what they said. I think the, the lips that was being read, apparently, what people saw and were reported on the internet, was Darkness is Forever. 
So maybe this is just The Undertaker passing the torch as a supernatural character to Bray Wyatt, which I hope. I think I've said for years, I thought Bray Wyatt was going to be one of the most important characters in WWE of this generation. So hopefully this is the official official passing of the torch to Bray Wyatt. But that was great. Um, (laughs) DX with Kurt Angle was hilarious. Oh, that was great. I thought DX with Imperium was a great pairing, um, you know, with the ring being sacred and DX, you know, being just the anti-heroes. I thought this was great. Um, also, great for the Street Profits to get w- to work with DX. Um, Triple H saying booking is hard was great. And then Teddy Long coming out. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That was all terrific. Um, seeing IRS was great. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, all the matches on the show were great, by the way. I- I'll just say that. Um, some good wrestling action. Um, I will say, well, I'm going to get to the end here in just a minute. Um, but, um, I would love to see Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville in a longer match in the future. I thought that was going to be terrific. Um, heel Alexa Bliss is great. Owen stunning the Miz was great. And Brock Lesnar making his return was of course terrific. Now I will say this, some of the show fell flat and, and I think if we're being honest, you know, we give AEW a hard time for their mistimings of the show. I thought there were some real issues with the timings and just kind of the format of the show. It should have been more polished for a 30th anniversary show. And I'm just going to be real about that. You know, Hulk Hogan's mic not working. That's not good. They had to cancel the Bailey and Becky Lynch steel cage match because the bloodline segment went ran, ran long. Like that's, they brought in, a, that was a lot of work to bring in a steel cage just for that. So I, I don't know how I felt about that. And then they clearly had to rush Brock Lesnar's entrance and not give that any time. He came out, basically hit the F5 on both, got the pin, and then the show ended. So not good time. They went to their last commercial break with like six minutes left in the show. So again, for as much of a hard time as we give AEW, and rightfully so, I have to give WWE, um, I have to criticize WWE here. Their timing, they should have had a more polished 30th anniversary show. Um, that, that doesn't take away from the legends and the content, which we knew all that was going to be great and was going to be funny and all that stuff was going to be awesome. But, um, yeah, I just, I just didn't think that this was a very well run show. If I'm being completely honest from a, from a product, not from a, like what they did, cause that was all great, but just from a, a general, um, just timing of the show and just production value, I think could have been a little higher for a 30th anniversary show, especially for a company as great as WWE. So that was just my thoughts on that. Okay, let's get into the Royal Rumble, which is my obviously one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite events of the year. I think this is you know besides WrestleMania, this is my favorite event of the year. Love the Royal Rumble, love the returns. This is the first major pay per view. Uh, well, I guess you could say SummerSlam was, but like where Triple H has really been in charge and had time to build towards something and is going to have time to build towards WrestleMania. So this is Triple H's first Royal Rumble, and um, I think there's a potential for something great here. So let's get into it. Um, I'm going to start with the two... uh, Let's start with Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight in the Mountain Dew pitch black match. I'm not sure what this is going to happen here. Uh, I'm going to take Bray Wyatt to get the win here. I think that this is going to be a good start to him leading into something great for him into WrestleMania. So I don't know if Alexa Bliss is going to now start getting involved. Uh, actually, no, wait. Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. But I'm going to say that uh, Bray Wyatt pick up the, picks up the win here, and it'll be great to see him back. I hope that he gets to the, use the old Fiend music, because that was awesome. I love his Fiend theme music. I hope he uses that, but 
Um, but I've got Bray Wyatt winning this match. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair battling Alexa Bliss. I'm actually going to take Bianca to get the to retain her title, but um, I think Alexa Bliss is going to really start to embrace that Fiend change, and we're going to start to see some of the Fiend come out, maybe cause a disqualification or cause a no contest or something like that. I'm going to say Bianca retains her title, but Alexa is going to come out looking stronger at the end of this match. Oh boy, okay, let's get to the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches. Um, Start with the women's match. I think this will probably open the show. And, oh boy, Um, I actually don't know um, who to to pick in this. Um, I'm going to take Liv Morgan, actually, to get the win here. I think she's been doing some incredible work lately and um, could easily be thrust back into the world title picture. I, the great thing about this is I have no idea who's going to win. So it's, just, it's a good reason to watch. So uh, I'm going to take Liv Morgan to get the win here. Um, I think she's earned it and earned the opportunity um, with the great work she's been doing recently uh, to get a Royal Rumble win. So I've got Liv Morgan winning the women's Royal Rumble match. Ah, oh boy. Uh, I'm now going to go with um, the WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Uh, Reigns retains, of course, walks out with the title. Um, but something screwy is going to happen here. Something like Sami Zayn is going to do something, and he's going to almost cost Roman Reigns. Or there's going to be something where the bloodline's going to have to save him. Or something like that. But something with Sami Zayn is going to get involved here. Uh, maybe it's he ends up like teasing aside with Kevin Owens or something. I don't know, but I've got Reigns reti- retaining here, but it's going to be some major controversy um, with that involving Sami Zayn. And then finally, the men's and women's Royal Rumble, ma- the men's Royal Rumble match. Um, to me, this comes down to two: it's Sa- either Sami Zayn or Cody Rhodes uh, wins this thing. Man, I and I have been going back and forth in this, back and forth on this. You know, for a long time, we've been saying Cody Rhodes is going to get the win and should get the win um, for this to set up the match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But with everything that's been happening with the bloodline, Sami Zayn, I could see Sami Zayn winning this Royal Rumble and setting up something with Roman Reigns going into, uh, you know, getting into it uh, going forward. Oh, boy. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Cody Rhodes here to get the win because you can do something with Sami Zayn in the Royal Rumble match to, you know, and you can have some interactions between Cody and Sami leading up into the Royal Rumble. I'm going to take Cody Rhodes here, but I'm not confident in that pick. I'm really not. I I, I would put Cody Rhodes at 55%, Sami Zayn at 45% to win the Royal Rumble this year. I'm going to take Cody, but... Man, I don't be surprised if Sami Zayn wins this thing. So those are my predictions for the Royal Rumble, and those are the thoughts of Derrico this week. My final thoughts are enjoy this weekend. The Royal Rumble is always one of the great weekends for wrestling fans. And also just rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Um, again, great job, AEW, with your tribute. They will, they will always be dem boys. This has been the thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.